Welcome again to another episode of the Jan Rob Toy Show. No funny quips to start this episode. Let me just bring in the man himself, Jay Hollywood Hogan. I am Rob, the ultimate Meldo McCallum. Got a few loose Marvel legends, but I don't think that will be too exciting to show off at the end to you. Oh, oh we're live. Oh, hi. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're live. I was just uh, mumbling to myself in a toy coma haze thing. It's How's it's everyone? been that kind of day though. It's really been that kind of day. Let's let's talk about the weather as we do with every episode. <laughs> well, it's uh, cold and rainy, and I got it didn't start to rain until I needed to get out of my car and enter the house, and then it poured. And I had to get of course I had to get groceries out of the car. And and I mean beer. So yeah, I got soaked. But that's okay. lousy smarch weather. That's smarch. Oh my goodness. Cold, dreary. It's been overcast all day. Like the sun. Didn't dare not come out, which leads us, Jay, to our icebreaker. Of course, we are going to talk about the danger zone and dangerous toys and how we've had toy danger later this episode. But the icebreaker brought to you by Retro Rags, Mock Masters, Heroes Comics Cards, London, Ontario, and Big Bad Toy Store is all about the weather. Since we're talking about the weather, what's the worst weather related incident that's impacted your collection, my friend? Oh my God! It happened when I messaged you February this year. Uh, it's when we had uh, big time snow, and then it got warm really quick, and there was like this flash rainstorm. And because um, I didn't shovel the back patio quick enough, because you know it's snowing for six months, all of it leaked into the downstairs here. So there was water in the studio here all like pretty far halfway through wasn't very Whoa. deep but yeah i caught it. i got up at six and i saw it and i was like i just had a freak out but <laughs> i got it under control and it's something that i need to repair in the spring but it's something that can't be done until the spring because it has to stay dry so i've been pretty fortunate when it comes to weather related collecting incidents honestly the only thing i can think of is our nes clubhouse where we took my treehouse and we put Nintendo Power posters and other magazines and collectibles Wait, in it. What are you putting the extended ending up for? I watched that this morning. I was like, what? How'd you feel about that? Well, that's by the next you talking point, by the way. But you know what the great, great thing? Uh, it's a, tra- it's a tragedy what happened in that clubhouse. It's, a, it's a, you know, we're lucky we didn't get fried doing playing the video games out in the tree, but. I love seeing little Liam. Liam was less than a year old. He was really, he was only a few months old. So seeing him yeah. clawing at me was really cute. Um, next time I <laughs> say I want to get a Oasis haircut, please don't let me do that again. I have tried to stop you from getting haircuts, but you are swayed by Huey Lewis's power of love from time to time. Cut your hair, babe. It'll look so good. Oh, he looks so well, handsome. Uh-huh. Not, not even that. Okay. It's just like yes, it is. Every trying time you try to, cut trying your to grow it back no. in, and then no. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could make it look like Liam Gallagher's a little bit. Um, and it and it did. I just it, it was very jarring to see. I've had long hair for so long that I don't even remember what it's like. You haven't cut it short since then. I don't think. Yeah, and I never will again. So yeah, but seeing that, I was like, oh wow. Let's say hi uh, to everybody that's in the chat that's uh, tuning in, of course. What's up, Lisa? You are almost first. I'm going to give you the points anyways. Ryan B saying hi. Uh, Cactus Jamie, he says the danger zone is very pleasant. Sever Snape is here, of course. Uh, Tater Show guy Nathan is watching. Uh, Kira, welcome. Upstate Johnny, of course. He just made it. He had to shut down a meeting early to make it. That's what the official... Uh, that's what the curator of the unofficial action figure adventure museum has to do to keep up his legacy status. I love it. Hugo, yeah. I think first time we've seen you on here, brother. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Cindy, how's it going? Uh, Dave Barrett, camera operator Dave. How are you doing, brother? He's, Dave, uh, he's whoa, in the chat. No. Checking it out. Silver Knight Kyle. Rhett is checking it out as well. And Upstate Johnny likes my Huey Lewis in the news comment. Yeah, you are talking about the extended ending of Nintendo Quest, one of many treasures that are gonna that's going to get released. You call treasures, I call nightmares. But that's just because you haven't seen all the footage. Do you it, did you remember like, filming it's all like that if stuff? We were to, like you remember, like we used to take a lot of limo rides to go to concerts. It would yes. be 
almost like putting and we videotaped a lot of that stuff because you mm-hmm. and chops our friend chops had video cameras yours is better quality of course <laughs> well there's nothing against you just like i was putting on one of those old ones and watching it privately would be fine but i think showing the whole world might be a little embarrassing oh how well just so you know that nintendo quest ending was on the blu-ray for over five years seven years now so it's been out there for a while just not shared with the new audience that is discovered so um, uh, there's a lot of good moments there but more importantly my friend this upcoming monday march 28th at 8 30 p.m you're going to start to see chapters of the real nintendo quest stuff oh, that's only great. in the finished film for a minute or so get like a 20 minute or so expose cool to a video itself so chapter one is the beginning it focuses on uh, day one, visiting your friends. And that one's actually a little bit longer. I think that's a little over 30 minutes, but you get to see what it was like talking with Murray and Shannon, of course, yeah. Skyler, Mike Sillers, Joe Bonacia, and I think our good friend Zach Speed makes a little bit of a cameo near the end as well, offering some Carson exchange. <laughs> he said, my, it might be my favorite part. He says, you know, he, what, what can I get for these? You're like, I don't know. How about two bucks? He goes, well, a sandwich is two fifty. Can I, can I get I just want to get a sandwich. So you trade them basically in the I remember coming, up, Nintendo cards coming to you and I was very concerned with what this was going to cost me. And I'm like, <laughs> is it okay if I ask, you know, some buddies you know, if they want to maybe help donate yeah. stuff? You're like, do you do what you gotta do, what you think this how this should unfold? So that's what I did. So yeah, the first day was me panhandling to my friends <laughs> for uh video games, but uh that's okay. Yeah, it turned There's out great. Some good in there that, I, that I'm sure you've forgotten, as I had forgotten them until I rediscovered them. And then every week you will see uh, extended versions of what happened in the film, visiting different stores around town and so on and so forth. Actually, I'll be honest, Chapter 2 so far is one of my favorites because it's an, an extended look at uh, our visit with uh, the late, great Sid Bolton. In the film, Sid gets about two minutes of screen time. Uh, and this gets to see him almost about 25 minutes of what it was like to visit his place. Of course, in recent years, Sid has passed away. So this is a great kind of fitting tribute to uh, one of our first allies that we didn't know until we announced the quest and quickly you know, signed up for the ranks to, to help us. So I, I look forward to sharing that with the world. Yeah, he was he was one of the, the greats. Uh, not just uh, in the video game community, but he was a good friend to both of us. And I hung out with Sid a lot. I did a lot of cons with him. I did uh, a lot of panels with Sid. And uh, yeah, he's just a great dude. And I did a lot of game nights at his place. I think four or five. Um, yeah. Went there and uh, met some great people and played some great games. So yeah, tragedy. Awesome. So be on the lookout for chapters of the real Nintendo Quest dropping every Monday. Uh, for at least the next four weeks and maybe more depending on how much time I get to dedicate to that so you can see what it was like in an in-depth fly on the wall kind of way to see what Jay went through on his quest really interesting stuff I think Uh, let's uh, let's talk the auction Jay we had uh, an item end this morning and a new one go live what item ended and where did we end it at uh, Starscream started at I think about 200 230 and ended at a whopping six and change which 672 like, almost 700 yeah uh, the one i didn't think would do so well to be honest is starscream um i underestimated one of my favorite transformers i'll never do that again but yeah it blew me away so that's a nice uh, nice chunk to children's health there that's great and uh a new buyer too although i think i saw johnny a bit a few times i believe in the history I don't know if he was trying to go for it. And Nathan, Nathan, I, I got to say, man, I don't know what you're doing, but uh, another one slips by. Another one slipping by on Tatum. But I, I, I want to shout out uh, to, to Nathan and Cindy because Nathan actually sent me a picture of the Sectar Hive that he found in uh, Texas Toy Show. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, dude, I'll get it for you if you if you want it. And yeah, I think it was 1000 800 U.S. U.S. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't. But uh, that was very kind of him. So thanks, dude, for looking out for me. That's one of my grails still. Um, but yeah. it's nice to know that it actually exists. It's out there. I told him the same thing. I said I've seen it like three times in my entire life, but I just can't pull the trigger on something like that. But speaking of sectars, our next item up for grabs. Is yeah, I what? never heard. I never heard of sectars. What's that? Oh, oh, that guy. 
Yeah, um, I say this every week, but I'm going to say it again. Honestly, though, this time it's for real. Out of all the items that I don't want to get rid of, that's the one right there. This is uh, Prince Dargon and the Dragonflyer. One I had complete as a kid. Uh, the Dragonflyer has gone bye-bye. I don't know where it went. I have a complete Prince Dargon, but he's missing his mount. So uh, there it is right there. And this one in particular... Uh, all the toys that go along with the journey for season two have a s interesting story, but this one in particular has got a really interesting story, and I can't wait for you guys to uh, to check that out in season two coming this year. Now that another week has passed, you've had a chance to check out another episode of Action Figure Adventures season two. Any thoughts or things that you want to share about your revelations without giving anything away? Yeah, it's really good. Um we start our trip. We haven't mapped out where we're going to go. And we're into the second episode, and the road trip really hasn't started yet. So there's a little hint as to just the excitement that we felt just on the very first day. Uh, and some great stuff happens. I can't say where. I can't say when. But uh, it's really, really good. It's a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more with Rob and I, which I I've wanted for a long time. And you see Rob and I going back and forth in the car, just, you know, talking about stuff. It's really cool. And uh, so there's some emotions and uh, some really nice items. Yeah. Speaking of action figure adventure, season one, if you're without a copy and you would like a signed copy from the entire production crew, not just Jay and I, but everybody else that worked on it, our good friends at Toy Power Podcast are running a bit of a contest for you. You can get your hands on a sealed, signed copy of Action Figure Adventure Season 1. Simply go to any Toy Power Podcast page. Let them know some cool kind of toy hunting story that you've got. How you scored an awesome collectible. What it meant to you. What that up and down emotional roller coaster was like. And you have a chance to win a copy of Season 1. In physical form, so you can put it on your shelf next to all your other dollies and feel so good about yourself and extra good because it was once touched by our hands to sign it. It's pretty cool of them to do that contest. It is. Those guys are great. Um, our buddies in Australia, and uh, they're so passionate about toys. I mean, it's they're the Australian versions of us. They're very funny. They're very witty. They're sharp. They're up to date on all their news. Every episode is just chock full of oh, stuff. Oh, I, I can't get enough of the news because, you know, I got to have the news in one more source, Toy Power Podcast. Thank <laughs> goodness you're giving us the news that I don't see anywhere else. Well, stay offline, really you social media <laughs> addict. It's not their fault. I can't stop, Jay. I need the dolly juice. I need it. Well, apparently um, Facebook's going down, so we'll see. Well, whatever. Uh, no, I, I love what they do. And even when I'm the most burnt out on toys or some aspect of toy collecting, I find that listening to their podcast reinvigorates the the collecting goodness and, and the toyetic fun of this hobby. But toys aren't always fun, Jay. Sometimes they're harmful and downright dangerous. This is the danger zone, my friend. Toys can be dangerous. Have you ever had some sort of danger related issue when it comes to toys have you ever got hurt while playing because of a toys design oh yeah and i've, I've hurt people with one specific figure you monster um so before i get to the main one i you know exactly who i'm talking about har but <laughs> I, I mean dangerous toys i'm thinking about cops by hasbro i mean <laughs> cap guns and i remember in a lot of the commercials it shows them like you can really hear the cap and the kids like holding it up to his face <laughs> it's like popping his eardrum out um I, I like that i like transformers how they're real metal you know you can cut your cut yourself on them and stuff like that um <laughs> the toy that uh i would say i got hurt the most by was a thundercats figure uh, named hammerhand who had this great uh, mechanism where you would put your index finger and thumb into his giant hammer hand hence yeah. the name uh and you could uh, squeeze it like a gun, and he would grip the figure. 
Um, but instead of doing that a lot of the time, I would just like slam him down like a hammer and smack a lot of poor Joe's crotches got injured. I hate to say, um, but uh, Hammerhand, yeah, I remember playing with our buddies and, you know, they're trying to run away from Hammerhand. And a lot of times your hand gets caught. So I smacked a few hands with Hammerhand. It wasn't I, until you I, started I missed, talking I about cops. I, I realized how many times I actually burnt myself on those rolls of, of caps that they include. At one point, they were so plentiful in my house, I could open any drawer and find little red rolls of those. I used to take them, like little pins and just race them right down and light them all off. Yeah. Um, there was also a little bit away, a little bit from action figures, but there was a, a game I used to love called Cross Crossbows and Catapults where you yep. would set up uh, your castle. You would kind of make it in any formation you want. They're kind of like big, giant Lego blocks. And you would set up your castle, and you would set up your little men. And you would sit across from your foe, and you would shoot with real elastics. Uh, they would shoot <laughs> like checker kind of chip things. And uh, those hurt, man, because, you know, you're just shooting this catapult, and these things are flying everywhere. There's no aim to it. There's no rhyme. No. And it's just, I hope it hits your castle and knocks down some of it. But that game was a lot of fun. I think the one toy that I recognized as immediately dangerous the second I got it out of the box was the TMNT pizza thrower. Now, oh, this yeah. was a motorized thing where you the loaded discs, yeah. like 30 pizza discs in, much like um, there was a master's equivalent. I think it's, it's uh, I want to say the turbodactyl, but it's the it's the red thing. It shot the same kind of discs. I, f- I forget it now. But you put, I remember the pizzas specifically, you put it in, and when you pulled the trigger back on it, it sounded like you were firing like circular razor blades across the room, yeah. like buzz saws of it. It sounded yeah. lethal. And I remember I could shoot it across my entire basement and still hit the wall with enough velocity that it would bounce back a good quarter of the way. So these things had zero issue knocking over foot soldiers or I was worried about it cracking mirrors and stuff, to be honest, or pictures on the wall. But that thing was leaving. Yeah, that thing was dangerous. I never had it, but I do remember it. A um, couple comments here. Right, you're right. The Berserkers in Thundercats were all dangerous. They were all hard because they were all mechanized in some way. So yeah. they weren't like a traditional figure. And King Kong Bunny, absolutely. He's the one that broke my ring. Um, everyone, most people I know who had the LJN ring had the split in the middle it didn't you could still use it but it was cracked and bundy was the one who did that 100 percent. so there is some data that i was able to research going into this episode because of course we've all had our experiences with toys gone awry but i was curious about what actual statistics were out there and which toys were notably and infamous uh cause some harm so from 2017 to 2020 according to tessa clayton of toy news Non-motorized scooters were found to be the most dangerous toys, followed by balls and then rubber balls. Those metal scooters, yeah, I I can see that. Uh, Balls, of course, balls are. Got dangerous balls. Watch out. Those balls balls are are dangerous. Mad balls, regular balls, rubber balls. Any balls balls will do. Triple balls, balls. lone ball, they'll all do it. Lone ball. (laughs) Lone ball. (laughs) Triple ball. Uh, I've got some more stats though. Here are the five, I guess, most dangerous toys from the last century or noteworthy for the danger they caused. Hammer Number and one. Nail. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much the first one. First one, lawn darts. <laughs> Launched in 1970, the weighted 12 inch darts were responsible for sending 6,100 people to the emergency room over an eight year period. 81% of which were 15 years old or younger. They were banned oh. in 1988. So you've got a 12-inch yeah. <laughs> metallic thing with a pointy end that you're supposed to throw at the lawn. And everybody, <laughs> 81% of people that were hurt were 15 or under. Didn't see that one coming. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, I would say, I, I think horseshoes are for older people at the time now people our age but i think those were just as crazy man the big metal things yeah but anything with a point on it i mean come on come on i'm gonna throw out there too while i'm thinking about it and everyone in chat i'm sure can relate to just 
stepping on Lego. Like, yeah, but what I've got Lego here around, is yeah. is a little bit more like the there's design flaws in the stuff that I've got listed here that is just a, yeah. a bad idea. Lego is just in, inadvertent uh, ancillary uh, damage, especially in the dark. The next one, the Gilbert U two the Gilbert U two thirty eight Atomic Energy Lab. You know this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Debuting in nineteen fifty. This set contained four kinds of uranium ore as well as radiation sources. It was discontinued in 1952. Like, everyone's <laughs> got to be stopped being such a wimp. Toys back then, <laughs> it built character. How are you going to go back in time unless you got a little bit of your plutonium home kit? A little bit of radiation in your toys? Never hurt anybody. Come on. Come on. Come on. You want to hear about the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's called <laughs> the Swing Wing. Now, you might not know what the Swing Wing is. It's fun to say. It hit it hit shelves in 65, and it was similar to a hula hoop. Okay, you know a hula hoop? You kind of gyrate on your hips and get the motion going. That's just silly. Except you wear this on your head, <laughs> and it resulted in some spinal injuries and worse. Oh. The product was soon recalled after hitting the shelves. <laughs> What about what about uh, that Easy Bake Oven? Didn't make the list. But you would think that a light bulb that had to stay plugged in for five hours to cook a little piece of dough would have resulted in a lot of... Well, even just like the poor people who had to eat the stuff. It's like, you know, your friend cooks it for you for 50 days and then you have to eat this yeah. piece of Play-Doh. Okay, here's another one, all right? You, this one you probably remember because I remember uh, updated versions of it. This was called Clackers, Okay. Mm. Clackers were launched in 1968. They consisted of two glass balls on a string that were clacked together, often leading to the glass shattering. By 1976, the Consumer Product Safety Commission declared them a mechanical hazard and they were banned. Uh -huh. Can you imagine that? Two glass balls that were designed to smash together eventually smashed and broke, led to injuries. Yeah. Who, who would have thought, right? Yeah, who would or not? Okay, and rounding out the top five most dangerous toys of all time. I don't know why this was a problem. You know, lump it in the the same category as the the uranium atomic energy lab. Just I think bad press. The Austin Magic Pistol, sold <laughs> in the nineteen forties. The chemically reactive gun shot ping pongs. However, it was prone to explode. The oh toy is classified as a firearm oh, in some no. U.S. states and was banned shortly after launching. Wow. No Red Rider. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I was just about to follow up. Did you ever have a toy that you wanted that your mom said, no, you'll shoot your eye out or something that was worried about it being dangerous? No. Never. Nope, I, I got. Uh, I had all the fake swords, the fake knives, the fake guns. Went out in the woods till nighttime, and I turned out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's up for debate. Yeah. Um, no, not really. I can't think of anything. I remember when we played guns, the gun you had. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> but you know that that was pretty dumb on my part. Let's be honest. Why didn't you have like a ring? <laughs> I don't know. I think I just wanted to. Okay, so we used to play a game, first of all, called Guns growing up, where we'd have plastic really guns. Original. Yeah, we'd have plastic guns like pistols, like a Walter PPK. And we'd also have like Uzis, Zuzi 9mm. And we would basically run around shooting, you know, the kids in the neighborhood we'd all play. And we, we would stash guns underneath different bushes so that if you lost a gun because you got shot, you had to drop the gun that was rule. You could run around and find another gun, and then you're back in the game. I thought it would be a great idea to bring my Nintendo Light Zapper out from my NES, the great one, and go around shooting that. And my when my grandma looked out the window and saw me playing with my Nintendo gun outside, boy, did I get an earful. She saw me from like four houses down four going click, 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 click. Oh, I, I got an earful. And she was right. Why was I taking this gun outside? It wasn't going to work if I got it. I don't, I don't remember you having any guns. Like, I, don't I, I had one from guns. Disney World, but it was like an old like Western musket yeah, cap gun. <laughs> but it wasn't like the plastic ones no where you'd pull that. the trigger and go. Prrr, prrr. 
wasn't as cool as that. Interesting. That, yeah, that guns. That was the thing. I remember that. Bang! I got you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes, it you did. Missed. No, you didn't. <laughs> missed. What? What are you nuts? I was out right in front of you. No, you missed. Forget it. I can't oh, imagine. I'm not playing this anymore. I'm going to go inside and play tender tapes. Yeah, but I can't imagine now, like my kids saying, "Hey, Dad, we're going outside to play guns with the kids," because <laughs> that's what I did. Like, going out, what, are you, what are you doing? We're going outside to play guns. It's just what. Yeah, we did. but look at all the toys that we had. Every one of them, there was violence in every single. Every toy had guns. Every single one, right? Um, kind of makes me a little peeved at uh, DC for banning guns on their action figures. I think it's insulting, yeah, and it's really you. You know up. the way around that, though, right? That that Todd McFarlane can do. You, I'm sure you've heard this. Mm, no, so he can't include guns anymore because DC and Warner Brother don't want them packed in, even with characters like, uh, was it Red Hood was is an infamous character as of late, and was it Deathstroke yeah. is a, is another one. Well, McFarlane can release gun packs, like accessory packs that have guns in them. But oh, he just okay. can't package them with the hero so that they're not seen together. So he can release them. He can't have the DC logo. I, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I can't believe that DC actually thinks that these figures are for kids. No, they say 12 plus on them. They're, they're all, but yeah, yeah, sure. But they're all, for the most part, based on stories that are very dark and very adult. What fun character, Flash maybe? What fun character have you seen that's all like happy and they're all like dark and blah and blah. The colors have all been you. desaturated. There's no fun in desaturated. Oh, Daddy, costumes. you know what I want for Christmas? I want the Joker that killed Jason Todd. Yeah, that sounds like that's, you know, a sentence that's going to come Well, I can get it for you, but he'll have a crowbar covered in blood, just no gun. So consequently, oh, the new no thanks the the new Red Hood from the new video game. His hand is like this, yeah, like it's so silly, man. Just come on. It's That's a new fun. thing because I looked at my Mattel Red Hood that I got, and he's got the two guns in the holsters and everything. So, and a few weeks ago, again, I was talking to our buddy Scott, and I got rid of most of my DC ones because they're just buying miscellaneous ones. I don't, yeah, I don't know and I got rid of Red Hood. And he had the dual silver pistols, and now he's worth like 120 bucks. I'm like, of course he is. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. That's the curse of getting rid of stuff, isn't it? Uh, we had a controversy kind of spoil and uh, <laughs> inflate on Facebook, my friend. From time to time, we, t we take pictures of the figures that we include in Action Figure Adventure Season 2 and other other stuff or if we're just taking pictures because we got a new pickup we'll post it or if you're doing a video of course you'll share your thumbnail get people excited and i posted a picture of superpowers kenner superpowers batman which is the simple innocent question is there a better action batman action figure and i tell I you i didn't read the comments so i guess people oh, think there is well not necessarily i would say that half the people that responded seem to agree that the Kenner superpowers Batman was the best Batman figure of all time. But I was genuinely surprised. There he is. I was genuinely surprised by how many other people chimed in with different ideas. Can you guess what some of the other options were, Jay? For Batman, it, listen, it better not be the toy biz, Michael Keaton, Batman, because that one is awful now listen to me everybody <laughs> this has nothing it may to be the 89 michael keaton toy biz batman figure nothing to do with tim burton this has nothing to do with michael keaton this has nothing to do with that film that film is legendary this has to do with how poorly constructed it is when you compare it to the kenner superpowers now people often say the robin is exactly the same it is not no. It's the same mold-ish. If you hold mm -hmm. them side by side, you can feel the difference. The Kenner one is a real action figure. The Toy Biz <laughs> one feels like it's wax and covered in gloss. The, the Toy um, Biz one is a bit taller. It is not nearly as tight at the joints for the Robin figure. They look very similar, but they are very different. So if you look at the Kenner one again, this is the Batman that we grew up with, the, the blue and gray one, right? However... 
uh, you know, this is Super Friends Batman. This is the Adam West. This is the Bob Kane Batman. I will say that the Michael Keaton Batman is way cooler than any of those Batmans. I'll just go ahead and say that. For me, and I think for you, it's just, the, he's just, he looks so great. He's chiseled. He's solid. Um, the colors are fantastic. The cape sits perfectly. Um, the little wire it has around the neck you can take the cape off no problem put it back on no snaps snack. on perfect uh, the the toy biz ones and we had the whole set uh bob the goon joker penguin all those awful superpowers mr freeze riddler yeah. superman wonder woman they, they broke i mean bob the goon we had three or four of that guy because he broke so easily. They were just cheap. And I could take this Batman right now and I could throw it against the wall. I guarantee you nothing will happen except Let's see. maybe a bit of paint. Let's see. Here we go. See? He's fine. Yeah, I I tend to agree. So the the stats, the the results, the survey says, according to the survey, uh, about a quarter of people chimed in that were outside the superpowers camp with the 89 toy biz one. And then oh, there was basically wow. a ton of varied six inch versions of Batman from sure. Mezco to uh, DC classics ultimates from the, the horseman designed and, and vis- yeah. various iterations. There's been no shortage of Batman combat belt. Batman was another one from the animated series in the early nineties as well. But here's the problem with that 89 Batman. First of all, there's like three or four different versions and sculpts on the figure. The head changed a lot. Second of all, like you said, very prone to breaking. Every time I've had a Batman and I've done any kind of play with that black 89 Batman, his knees always seem to break off. Third, that ridiculous utility belt grappling hook that isn't connected to anything in the film anywhere often snaps off or gets in the way of playtime and you can't use it whatsoever. Four, I, I don't like his his rounded chin too. It reminds me of like that's the first version. The other ones have a square chin, but like yeah. a triangle eye, like jawline. It, it again, lots of different variations. And the yeah. fourth thing I don't like about the '89 Batman is the cape frays so much more, and the wire on the collar tends to snap in a lot because of the figures. It's as well. cheap. It's cheap knockoffs of the so, superpower design, and that is just. The way it is that, that, you know, I'm not saying that the black Keaton Batman is inferior, but that toy is 100% inferior. Um, so I, I wish they made, think so. I wish they made tr- a superpower one. I was trying to think, why are people so defensive about this? And I thought, well, are they just wrong? And they've just never actually held and played with the superpowers Batman? Or is it kind of like TMNT and Spider-Man and some of these other IPs where everybody just has their own Batman? You know, you come into oh yeah, sure. You know, Adam um, West, or you come into Keaton, or you come into Kilmer or Christian Bale, and that's your Batman, and that's the toy that you had growing up, so that's the best one. Or are they completely wrong and really uneducated because the superpowers Kenner Batman is truly the best Batman action figure? Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it is what you grew up with. We grew up with the Bob Kane, Adam West Batman, right? And I. I'll be first to say that I it's very hard for me to watch the Adam West show. Like I love the McFarlane stuff that came out, but that show I was never I didn't like the silliness of it, right? So when Batman went really really dark in 89, we were all like oh, I don't know about this, but as soon as I got it, it was like you can't go back. I can't mm. go back to that campy style. But this blue one reminds me of a, a darker Batman. He's just got the you know, the Bob Kane original colors. Um Red, to answer your question, I didn't terrorize anyone with Joker because I didn't have superpowers Joker until last year, if you can believe that. I never owned one. But I would have. Really? Yeah, I oh, never I'm had him. I'm surprised you never had that one growing up. That was a classic. He, uh, was a classic. he uh, just always eluded me for some reason. Yeah. There's been a, a lot of figure announcements. Not that we're going to do a news section, but you have been quite vocal in your stance on not supporting anything new for gi joe unless it's truly exceptional like the super seven reaction stuff and of course as of late gi joe has announced with super seven their new ultimate line and it includes storm shadow storm shadow are you picking and choosing or leaving it on the shelf uh i will get storm shadow yeah um suede well it's it's like the luke skywalker thing right um i'll get the one character 
Um, the reaction stuff, I will say, I, 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 I did get two of them, and I did open the Snake Eyes, and I, I didn't like it. So um, I thought you weren't going to open the Snake Eyes. I thought you were just going to leave them in the package. I did. I, I, I got a, I got a couple. I gave one to a friend, and uh, I reviewed the other one, and I don't think uh, I'm going to get any more. I think they look great in the package, and I think that's what they're meant to do. Um, what's the other one? The uh, the other line that's coming out from them. They have oh yeah, the ultimates. Yeah, um, Snake Eyes looks cool. I don't know, man. It's that's one line they haven't they haven't beat vintage. I, I will say that the '95 and up Star Wars stuff is far superior to the original Kenner. I've always said that. I still feel that way. But GI Joe, nothing beats Real American Hero. It just yeah doesn't. Speaking of new stuff, uh, Upstate Johnny wants to know what your thoughts are on the NECA War Duke figure that was announced last summer. Now, what's hilarious about this? Before we get to your answer, we were recording season two of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. We literally wrapped production and we talked about one episode, I think it was episode seven, talked about uh, lesser known lines and forgotten toy lines that haven't got reboots. And we highlighted Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and how it was right for a comeback. But, you know, it just seems yeah. to be lost, lost in time. And literally the day or the day after the day that we wrapped, NECA announces those two figures from uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. So with that, I know we're six months behind. What are your thoughts on War Duke? Uh, he looks great. Um, it's War Duke and Grim Sword are in. I don't even know if you want to call it a wave. There's two figures. Um, again, it, one I'll say I'm skeptical because to invest in a line, I need to see some kind of future. I don't really understand the rhyme or reason of this, other than Mythic Legions killing it. So this is like, hey, we can do some medieval guys too. Let's get some licensed characters. Warduke is one of my favorite figures. He's in the top five of my entire life. So of course I'm going to pick that one up. Um, and I will say it's justified because there hasn't been anything. I think there's been mm -hmm. a bust here or there, maybe a little statue. Yeah. But uh, even the loose figure, while I wouldn't call him uh, necessarily rare, you don't really ever find him much you can get him he's accessible if you want to get him on ebay no problem he's like 30 bucks but finding him in toy stores and that you don't really see D, &D stuff that's interesting though but I, i'm surprised that you even went as far as to say you know for you to invest in a line you got to see some future in it when clearly i think the last six episodes we've been preaching pick and choose for the sake of wallets for the sake of what you like for the yeah. sake of what means to you like with storm shadow on the gi joe yeah. ultimates from super seven you're just literally grabbing that figure I don't, are you getting cobra commander or duke or anybody else well you know famous last words i say no now uh, <laughs> until it's in hand and you had a chance to look at it up close. I have such a weakness for gi joe it's not even funny it's and i have no doubt that in the future very soon i'll i'll have them in my hands but Money, money. How should I say this? Is this stuff's getting really expensive, and these guys will be sixty bucks a pop, mm -hmm. right? So, like you just said, you're right. We do have to pick and choose. Uh, Storm Shadow is a must. War Duke is a must because I have personal connections with those characters and with those toys. So, I would like a really cool updated version of Storm Shadow One and of War Duke and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I mean, a Duke. We just got a Duke in the classified. I don't really feel justified in the Storm Shadow as of the recording of this broadcast. The classified version one Storm Shadow has not been released, so he's not out yet. But I feel like the Storm Shadow we got in classified is this weird hipster version three yeah. version for no other reason than being weird and hipster and for them to save the the first one for down the line or down the road. Yeah. A lot of people are chiming in with other thoughts and other lines and stuff as well. Uh, there's a lot of Masters news, of course, that have come out across all their lines. Masterverse, Origins, I think there was some mini news. You know, yeah. everybody seems to be really divided on that camp too. Just too much too soon. Are you still sticking yeah. to everything that is Masterverse or just everything Masterverse Revelation? Uh, well, I mean, you know, that that is my spotlight. Uh, is the last piece oh, for that. Okay, well, and, let's save it then. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that when we, when we do spotlights. But yeah, I'll, we'll save it for that. We'll give okay. you my thoughts on that, yeah. Um, people are asking here specifically, where was it? Hexcalibur wants to know 
what your thoughts are on the classic retro playmates TMNT stuff that are on Big Bad Toy Store. Have you seen these these listings, Jay? I have. Yeah, again, the eighty-eight let... molds dumped yeah. on there again. Party van and blimp. Although the blimp is a yeah. weird hybrid. Are you on board with any of this stuff? No, I'm not a turtle guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> stated many times, it's just. For me, I like the first few issues of the cartoon. I like the more serious when they're all they'll have red bandanas. Um, I like the first mini series of the cartoon, and I like the first live action movie. That's about as far as it goes. I've tried. It's it's just really silly for me, and I'm not saying that it's bad if you like turtles. Just for me, that's all. I know you're a, you're you're aboard though with that stuff, right? No, not it's. Uh, I've talked to Frank Allen, our good friend from Toy Power Podcast that we mentioned, and he said the plastic is completely different than the original stuff. It's much cheaper. The blimp is a weird hybrid. It's not worth it. The turtle van is pretty much accurate to what it was in the '88. Again, probably some material changes, but I don't have a need for them. I have the reissues from 2014. Those were kind of hard to find down the rabbit hole, specifically. So I'm hey, I'm kind of good. You, you know, know what? I'm gonna stick up if I may, for the toy companies a little bit. And, you know, we tend to forget that we are the age we are and that there's new generations coming into this hobby that never had a chance to get even the 2014 re-releases, right? So Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with them. And I think for them to be 20 bucks, I think it's great, but I'm good. I I, And I am too, yeah. I have a a really great collection of the the first couple waves of NECA turtles, both movie and cartoon. I'm looking at them now and I have the first wave of the playmate stuff and that I'm satisfied with that completely. Um, I'll be completely honest. I did feel the pull to grab some of the original turtles just to have their weapons completely full and intact because those Michelangelo nunchucks, they break all the time. I think my rack is missing a sigh or and, they have know, or the nunchucks have the white stress mark and the yeah. chain. So that for, for 20 bucks to pick up that entire weapons rack and be able to give my kids like a Michelangelo or something like that to play with. But then, then you got to bring yourself to pull the scissors out and cut it off the, the tree. And you're oh, like, that's easy. It's that's so easy. beautiful. I can't break that tree. No, no, I'll break it without question. It'll get broken. Yeah. With, without, without, um, you know, having kids um, or, or taking that out of the equation, just as an adult collector, I would just go for the vintage at that point. And I only got my Playmates Turtles maybe three years ago. I think the first season we shot. Yeah. Um, because again, they went the wayside when I grew up and stuff like that, when I grew up, um, and I got, yeah, the originals and I'm, I'm completely happy with that. So I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's an affordable way to get the original four turtles the way that, uh, for the most part they were meant to be. So go for it. And it's easy, easy, affordable way to get those weapons because you'll never know the difference on the weapons from the original ones for these reissues. So. And that's what kind of keeps the value down of the vintage turtles too when they're loose because there's been so many knockoffs. It's hard to tell. A uh, couple things that we can do to round out before we get to action figure spotlight. You can rank some Mego figures here. You can d- kind of dissect what you like about them and pick your favorite from the ones that I've got. Or we can talk about a really unique toy store that we've come across that uh, is more or less part of season two of action figure adventure. Not that it was part of your journey, but kind of part of the family. You want to talk about a unique toy store or do you want to talk about some Mego figures that you get to explore? I would say unique toy store. Okay, so in Allen, Texas, which is a little bit north of Dallas, Texas, there's Mm. a store called Elm Street Toys and we interviewed the owner, Mike, for action figure adventure season two. We had our good friends, Nathan and Cindy, go down and interview with him. He's one of the very first interviews, actually. He's a huge Batman animated series collector. He's got to have every iteration, every version of that. But his store, Elm Street Toys, is a complete horror-themed store. Mm -hmm. Right? So the entire store has horror-themed everything, like bath bombs that are horror-themed, chewing gum, knickknacks, and, of course, tons of action figures from what I've been able to see. Uh, Cindy and Nathan swear by it. They it's worth a forty-five minute trip for them to go check it out on almost at least a weekly or you know at least every couple of weeks to see what they got in stock, vintage and new stuff, of course. Uh, and I thought that's a really cool idea for a store, and it's not something that you see that often because usually there's maybe just a horror section lumped into a bigger comic and tabletop or figure store because everything kind of gets merged now. But I wanted to mm. ask you. 
What other kind of genres or subgenres do you think could justify an entire store experience? I mean, horror is honestly like a, a no-brainer. Well, uh, we experienced, and I won't name specific stores to specific brands, but we definitely came across stores that you could tell that the owner was a fan of G.I. Joe. The owner was a fan of Transformers because that's what stood out and that's what had the most attention. Um, Horror would be... So in it, that case, you do like a store that's nothing but like, yeah. giant robots everywhere whether it's voltron or transformers sure. or GoBots or cyborgs or six million dollar man and gi joe would be like a military kind of action figure store is that what i would suggesting? really like to see a 70s sci-fi store that not only <laughs> catered to you just want to knock off items on your buck rogers list Oh, they're all, I'm done. I'm done. I've I've won that game now. But it, yeah, I really want to see that obscure Mego stuff, the Buck Rogers, the the Star Trek, uh, all that, all the earlier Star Wars stuff. I would like to see a, a '70s themed uh, comic book store. I think that would be great. I yeah, think, uh, I, well, Star Wars is hard, right? Because you do get lots of figures that come out. Battlestar Galactica, yeah. I mean, you could have a lot of great space. Nineteen ninety nine is that the other another big one? And then yeah, yeah, you got lots lots of stuff there. Anything basically pre nineteen eighty that sci fi would be really interesting. You could, then, have, like, you could even do a nineteen eighties, um, like science fiction barbarian theme. Which you know, obviously, He Man will be at the top of that. But you could have Conan, Conan, Lord of the Rings, Red Sonya, Lord of the Rings, uh, Excalibur, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that would be really cool too to see that. Yeah, those are good ideas. I I don't think any of them are quite as good as a horror shop because I think a horror is just so universal to everybody. I think fantasy can divide people, but everybody has watched a horror movie. Everybody can connect to that first experience yeah. watching the, the thing that scared them. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of great horror figures. And as we often talk about um, our introduction back into collecting toys, which of course was thanks to Todd McFarlane, his movie maniacs. Um, yeah. That stuff was fantastic. And I, I would love to, I actually love to go to that store in Texas and check that out. Cause I, I love horror stuff, man. So anything reanimator would be cool. Yeah, up, it's, on my, it's on my list to visit. Uh, Danny, just chime in with the obvious answer. A Captain Power store. Nothing but Captain no, Power. Oh, please, no. You have please, to say no. power on just to have the door open. Captain Power, Captain <laughs> Power, Captain Power. You got to like shoot your way through to get to the cash register. But you're not allowed to dodge. You just got to take the hits. Yeah, that's right. Michael yeah. Mercy is chiming in with a valid point. It's something that we discovered two years ago while filming season one of Action Figure Adventure. He says, hey guys, I'd love to see a 70s shop, but it's getting harder to even find 80s now. Most of the stuff I see in vintage shops is from the 90s. And this is that 30-year curse. Yeah. You know, it's that 30-year curse where everything from about 30 years earlier than the present date is what you get to see in most of these shops because it's kids that 25 to 30 that are selling their toys and, and that's what ends up and i don't think it's uh you know scalpers or anything like that why this stuff's getting harder to find i think we're just enjoying having it in our collections you know we're just hanging on to this stuff because i find it harder and harder to find uh like gi joe is getting really scarce out there it's really drying up i mean try try to because you keep like, buying it because <laughs> I keep buying it yeah london's dry because of me just trying to buy like a cobra officer or something like that is not to mention that, like all you gotta bucks. do is go to Target in 1985. No, no, I mean a, an actual Cobra officer. Like yeah, that. from Cobra Island, right? The cool no, packaging. Yeah. <laughs> no, Meldo update. What are you talking about? Nothing ever happened. It says Meldo like, update. Uh, I don't know what that means. Is, I think he's trying to type Meldo update. Give us a Meldo update. Meldo is dead and gone. Don't say the name three times or we're done. Michael, I like your sectors, sectors only store. That store would be open for business for one day and it would be closed. <laughs> Unfortunately, that would be great though. Yeah, there'd be one hive, it would be gone. Collectors would be fighting over it in the parking lot and then everybody else would fly off with their little It would be hands. yeah, a death match for the hive and then yeah. That'd be pretty much it. Uh, let's get to action figure spotlight. You want to go first? You kind of tipped your hat to some sort of revelation in the masters of the yeah, universe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
uh, you know, Michael's here, and we we had a great um, show with him uh, last Friday on his channel where we talked about uh, completing, you know, something that Rob and I have talked about quite a bit where, you know, a lot of people don't feel complete unless they have the whole set. And I said to myself, you know, I'm a big fan of Revelation. I really like all the new characters, like the new art design, like the new stories. I'm going to finish the line. Um, I mean, this isn't anything that's super rare. This is uh, my my legendary trip to Toys R Us, which you guys have all heard about my Cobb Vance story, so I'm not going to beat that into the ground. But I really wanted uh, Orko. Where is he? Here. And, of course, they make you buy Savage He-Man, where he's not really savage at all because he should be big as the Hulk, but he's just really just He-Man without his armor. Um, I, I get it. You know, they want he you to spend like the money. looks like Kazar from Marvel. Do you remember that? Yeah, savage guy. That's who he they want like. you to buy. Uh, you know, another figure to get Orko. I get it. So this one right here, and I'm a big Henry Rollins fan. I saw Triclops, and he was sitting right beside this for forty six ninety nine. Now here we go. The old school guy is going to complain about prices again. Uh, he's the last figure I need for Revelation, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Well, I, you should do it because. When season two gets announced, my friend, I'm sure that figure is going to be much harder to find it's, and you're going to want it to no, get no, ready no. for those figures. It's not really, that's not what I mean. It's not that I don't want him because I didn't like the character. I can't justify the $46.99 for one figure that well, they did the Cobb Vanth for. They spread out I the know. accessories. So I, I say I, get over it and don't buy something else because this no. is the last figure you need. You, this is the only Masters of the Universe stuff that you're collecting. When they announce season yep. two, he's going to be a pivotal role in it because of where that show ended. And you're, if you're not going to find it, you're not going to want to pay those eBay prices, I'm which not is what's going to happen because they're going to disappear. And that's that's fine. I'm not paying. I'll wait until he goes on clearance because there's a ton of him and there's a ton of this Orco there. And then I then why didn't you wait for the Orco then? Well, you get two clearance. figures for that. That I don't mind. But Triclops, it's just him and a different outfit and a couple of accessories. and Right, but if this is about stuff. price, why would you pay for Savage Heeman and Orko if they have a ton of those as well? Why wouldn't you just... Oh, because that be I wanted... Well, Orko is my favorite in the show. Okay. So he's the one I've wanted the whole time. And then, they, you know, I get it. I guess maybe because he's a smaller character, so they didn't want to charge a full price, so they put him with... They almost put him with Savage Heeman like he's an accessory almost, but uh, I really yeah. wanted that character. But... Uh, my point is even one figure away uh, uh, to complete the set for a few months at least, and I can't do it because I'm I'm just tired of paying these crazy prices. So there you go. That's my story, and a Triclops will forever elude me, but that's okay. I think you got to let it go, and I think you got to pick your battles. But you know what? If that's what you believe, stick to those guns, my friend. I did. I am picking my battles. That's why I finally just said no. It's like, no, I'm not going to pay that. It doesn't When it doesn't make you feel good inside when you're holding it. I haven't it, felt good inside for a long time, so yeah. I don't know what that feeling is anymore. You got to put your foot down after a while and just say no. I lost what it felt like to feel good inside, <laughs> which brings me to my action figure spotlight this week. And this comes from the Toonie Terror line, which ties into our horror store uh, that we talked about, Elm Street Toys. And Nathan and Cindy were able to get me some figures for Christmas time. But I was able to get this way from Big Bad Toy Store. And that, of course, is Beetlejuice. Now, Beetlejuice, of course, has ghosts and it is supernatural and everything. But I would, again, Toonie Terrors to me is starting to really jump the shark where they're starting to go into anything that is remotely horror and supernatural and almost downright comedic for the sake of longevity of the line instead of just sticking to the core iconic figures and calling it a day. Of course, their business, they want to make money. But again, this figure in particular, look at the arch on that back. He's not going to stand up straight like most of the Toonie Terrors don't. They come with these quarter-sized stands that stick to the feet that actually inhibit them from standing up more. They make them stand they make them fall over a lot easier. There's no accessories whatsoever. And now these are going for an absurd amount of money, like over $20 each. No accessories. Oh, yeah. Still they used to be the paint job is not great. But it's Beetlejuice, so, you know, you got to buy it. It's part of the wave. You got to get them all. Nope. You don't. <laughs> you don't, man. Um, do they have Jay, Herbert yeah. West 
for that? They do. Seriously? They do. I thought they, they did. Do. Yeah, okay. And I again, probably get that if I saw it. Yeah. And again, a figure that does not stand up well, you actually have to physically push the other foot because only one foot has a peg yeah. uh, hole for the stand. And yeah. the other foot actually goes underneath it so it doesn't fit. And the syringe that it comes with is so small that if you take a footstep, you know, 10 feet near the figure, it drops out of his hand. Because yeah. we all want figures that can't hold their accessories, right? <laughs> this one checks that box. The one of the one of the big draws of that line in particular, I remember, was the low price point. And now, if you're saying they're going up, I mean, that's yeah, not, that's no not so exciting anymore, is it? <laughs> I remember the Jaws box set was like the big one because it's the shark, and I think what is is it Brody or, or Quint? Quint that's with them, yeah, yeah. and it was like thirty bucks. And it's like okay, everything else is fifteen. This one makes sense that it's bigger, but now it's like they got the Sanders sisters from Hocus Pocus. That's thirty nine dollars. There's three of them, so I guess you can justify that, but. There's nothing to them, and the sculpt and the paint apps are not that great. Again, no articulation. They're essentially plastic statues that don't stand. And then they have the the kids from Trick or Treat. Again, three of them, not that great. Maybe just an alternative to the other NECA horror stuff that's coming out that is better and more expensive. I just, it doesn't feel like a toy. That's the problem with this stuff. That's not a like, toy. Um, one it's of like those... a bath toy. Yeah, it it reminds me of one of those like uh, Happy Meal toys or something, right? Like unarticulated kind of. Yeah. You know what? I would wager that we got better toys from Happy Meals during our heyday of Mayor McCheese and Constable Mac than we're getting with some of the stuff that we're spending twenty five dollars on, easily. Well, that's our that's our love hate with with NECA, right? I mean, they're they're such a. Great, it's not just NECA though. They're a great toy company, but they they have some really weird design decisions that they've made and that's one of them yeah yeah so that's uh that's the action figure spotlight everyone sorry <laughs> <laughs> we, we were saying i'm like man you know what i i got some really cool loose marvel legends this week that i think are cool uh and i'm like yeah but that's not gonna be exciting hold up you know, old night thrasher from new warriors everyone's gonna be like okay that came out like in 2015 so <laughs> Oh, don't show Riddler. Uh, oh, that's the, that's the new Riddler, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's where we're at. I was telling Jay that, you know, this is the first week. I don't have anything new that's come in the mail. So we've recorded, what, like 20 episodes since we started yeah. back up again with the live stream. And this is the very first week that I haven't had any new figures and that I had to actually start looking for, of course, something that's still sealed that I haven't paid attention to that's still covered in dust to showcase yeah. you folks and i found something but what am i gonna do next week jay i'm gonna have to buy 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 in order to show the dollies to everybody i gotta assert myself in the dolly community the shelf community yeah, grab something off that shelf back there next time just show here you go like here's an et converter figure uh which is below GoBots. do you remember converters yeah those are hugely popular in the transformers community as i just found out because i believe I might be mistaken, but I believe they're Canadian only. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah, that's what I think about that. <laughs> what are you going to do when Rob drops a toy? What are you going to do? Dude, those converters like the superpowers. You can just whip against the wall. They're going to be just fine. Don't oh, you don't want to know what my daughter has done to this. The collecting <laughs> community would like cry foul and like probably try to like burn my house down in order to steal the converters that I have here. They just... The abuse that goes on to toys with playtime around here. Yes. But that's what that's what fun is about, right? Having fun. Yes, Jamie. They they're from McDonald's back in the day. Yeah, I guess in in the like the hardcore Transformers community. So I found out, like I just said, um, they're really collectible because us as Canadians, we got flooded with those things. I remember I had so many of those. They were, you know, yeah. the, the knockoff Transformers. We didn't want them, but uh, to other countries that never got them, they're very collectible. Not crazy. Interesting. We didn't like the tri-language stuff that we always got to compared to the American packaging, but yeah, you know, Americans love that foreign variant packaging, like our Wind Raider. Oh, I but think. Uh, oh, hang What's on. Up? I think uh, Servius is alluding to the Haslab box that you have not opened. Oh, this this thing over here. Yeah, it's what's just the that? doorstop. It's holding up the table of Snake Mountain. That's <laughs> what it's good for at this point. <laughs> okay, sorry. Outro. 
Yeah, we're done for the show. See you, everybody. <laughs> we end the show. Where, Jay, where can people find you for more of your hijinks? Tell, tell uh, them all the regular spots. Check me out on YouTube. Um, again, thank you to everybody in the chat. There's a lot of people who watch my uh, videos on YouTube. And I, I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun to make them for you. And it seems as time goes on, I'm getting less and less serious, which is good because that's my nature. And uh, you guys seem to be enjoying my sense of warped humor. So... <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I legitimately forgot about that box that's back there. Uh, I still so don't thanks. Want it. <laughs> so thanks, Severus. I'm so glad that I plunked down the 500 US for that. Or this one over here, the Sentinel thing that I also forget about all the time. What am I doing with my life, Jay? I'm just trying to keep up with the race. You can find me on Twitter at Rob McZob, on Instagram at Action Figure Adventure, at the J Rob Toy Show there as well, <laughs> and on YouTube. <laughs> squishing your head i'm squishing your head don't do that uh, ever again thanks for checking out all the new videos that i'm putting up and i really hope people check out the real nintendo quest bootleg nintendo quest soon. you know what everybody can have fun cutting their own version together with the footage i release go for it i'm good uh jay we end every episode vaguely with the same more or less catchphrase that always gets screwed up love the toys and the warmth of scars take care of yourselves and each other and your triclops because the best time of day, Jay, is when you just say no. Yes. <laughs> when you just say yes and buy the thing on the shelf to make yourself feel good and put it, you take it from one shelf, you pay some money, and you put it on another shelf. That's how you fill your heart with happiness. The, 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 happiness whole life, the whole life of modern toys from, from factory to ownership is just one shelf to another. Think about how sad that is. That's, that's the name <laughs> of our new show, Shelf to Shelf with Jay and Rob. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.